We are live at the Carrillo Backyard. Where are we exactly? Undisclosed, undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. Outside of L.A. Outside of Los Angeles. I am with a great friend of mine, and now a great friend of yours, and we're going to wrap out with somebody I've known longer than my wife. This is because everybody enjoys Roadrunners. Oh, go and grab your beverage. Mm. It's good. Oh, it's real good, yeah. So it's super good because everybody enjoys Roadrunners, all about travel, experiences, People I enjoy, people that enjoy road and traveling, beer with Jared Deanda. This person, uh, I have some fond memories, and I'm just I'm recounting them in my head and trying to think what we can talk about and what his wife, while she sits here taking photos of us, is not going to be incriminating for the future happenings of their marriage. <laughs> but beer, <laughs> beer with Jared Deanda is all about friends and acquaintances, and this gentleman I truly love. I think he is a tremendous human being. He's very successful in the automotive industry, and he has some great stories of his upbringing. His dad now lives south of the border, but was uh, kind of a kind of a, a pillar in the Latino community in Los Angeles, and we'll get into that as well. He owned an iconic vehicle in a particular rap video that I think is really cool. You're, you're giggling at all this, but I think it's cool, man, and people need to know about people's roots, about people's history, because I think it adds to the authenticity, the equity that people have. And that's why people are listening to this to hear interesting, unique stories. So my guest next is a friend of mine, and I've known him longer than I've known my wife, like I said. His name is Victor Carrillo. He is, uh, we'll get into his title exactly, but owner and curator of an agency called The ID Agency. Previous to that, <laughs> he has many different, uh, many different roles in the uh primarily the automotive world but even yeah. in like the tech world as well yeah yeah and some internet things, stuff some internet stuff. rise and fall rise and fall it, it's it's interesting so SA we'll studios sa studios which is is still rising just in a different capacity the mm -hmm. the urbano segment as i think you've deemed mm -hmm. it um so we'll cut into that my next guest is victor carrillo victor what's up what's happening dude i'm so cheers cheers salut let's, let's say this was not planned this was not planned we were uh, hanging at race service today. We were hanging at race service, and I'm going to be quite transparent. I was at race service. You and I were at race service. We were planning Hot Wheels Legends. Yep. We were going over through a meeting, which when this airs will be, I believe, after. Yeah, so this will be after our first episode first of Hot Wheels Legends. And I got a frantic text. Dude, I left my bag. <laughs> <laughs> and you left your bag at race service. So it was on the way home. I get to hang and come to your beautiful little kind of Shangri-La here, looking at your pool and your backyard. I, I would say it's humble. I would say it's a cool, humble approach to just having a house that is lived in. Yeah. yeah is that this, nice? Is that offensive? No, not at all. That's exactly what, that's a great description because this is all about family, this place. It's all about entertaining, having friends over, impromptu like this or planned, you know? And uh, we moved here to be close to family. Which uh, you're in the process of doing, right? Exactly. Yeah, and, and I don't even I don't even know where home is right now. It's a, it's a room at my brother's house right now, living with nine other human beings, including my wife and kids and my brother and his family. But Los Angeles has such a great history. Um, all I can say is beat L.A. Not a big Dodgers fan. Never have been. Never will. Dodgers won today. Cool story. Uh, <laughs> Lakers are winning right now. Oh, uh, okay. Basketball, I could care less. I mean, <laughs> as long as you know, as long as the Warriors win. I'm joking. <laughs> L.A. is synonymous with sports. Yes, yes. I mean, you, you've you had every – I mean, you have 
multiple football teams at one time, multiple basketball teams I don't currently. Football. I don't follow football. I follow soccer, so MLS. Soccer. MLS. LAFC. LAFC over, yep. the, over Galaxy. the Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy's Andy Luck, and uh, fuck you, Andy Luck. <laughs> <laughs> you can cuss, so I always check the explicit, so if anybody's listening. LA is synonymous with sports, and why, why is that? Like, uh, it's just it's part of the culture, you know? At least for my generation growing up here, you know, in the 80s when we had the Olympics in 84. Yeah. After that, I mean, it was just, it was sports, and it was, you know, Showtime, Magic, Kareem, the Lakers, Valenzuela, the Dodgers. I mean, it was the best time to be an L.A. sports fan. And I was a kid and, you know, you were surrounded by it. So you got sucked into it. And then you have, uh, you know, dynasties over the years. Kobe, Shaq, you know, now Kershaw and uh, Mookie Betts, right? Our new guy for the Dodgers, lighting them up. So it's, it's always been a sports town to me. I don't yeah. know what it was like before that, but since those earliest memories, man, we love it. Chavez Valley, right? Is Chavez that? Ravine. Chavez Ravine. Thank yep. you. I, I pardon my... The only time I've ever been there to a game was when Bucky Lassick threw out the first pitch promoting the <laughs> X Games, and I believe he threw the ball to either P-Rod or Eric Costin. Uh, Do you remember that? Same person, but I don't know. No, no P-Rod sure. and Eric Costin? No, they're not the same. <laughs> That's racist. And you're Mexican. <laughs> speaking, yes, of, speaking of Mexican and your heritage, yep. you are an Angelino to the core. Mm -hmm. where, were you born where? Born in Hollywood. You're born in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Queen of Angels Hospital doesn't exist anymore. It's a, it's like a rehab center. Um, it's a strange, strange place now. Um, but uh, family grew up right down the street from Dodger Stadium. That's right. Sick. And both sides of my family, which is kind of weird. So my dad's side, my mom's side, all in uh, Frogtown. Straight up. Yeah, Frogtown. Frog Frogtown, which is you know kind. Most people know it as Atwater. The hipsters know it as Atwater, but they like to claim Frogtown now. You know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. it was. It's like it's re. It's it's gentrified back to like the old school. Yes, yes. They're like, oh, we're living in like an old, you know, what used to be a gang neighborhood, you know, and it's but it's cool now. That's a weird flex. Yeah, it's a, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Are they yeah. are they like are hipsters tagging MS thirteen? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was a total joke. I apologize. Look, that deserves yeah, that. That's yeah, a, that's yes, a bad yes, joke. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But um, yeah, whole family from there, and then between. Then and now lived all over Los Angeles. So right. beach cities, Santa Monica, Long Beach, a lot of time out in the valley and a lot of time all the way out in Ventura County. So as, as the family business did better, we moved further and further away from L.A. Because L.A. was getting worse and worse with drugs and gang violence. Mm -hmm. So the idea was get away, raise the kids out there, but the business was still in LA and most of our family was in LA so we'd always come back we were always connected but we were able to get an education in a in a really nice neighborhood safe that kind of stuff so you you were born and instilled with this hustle type environment and i yeah. think that still exudes in you with the agency you have id agency you've taken on massive clients um from pagani zonda yeah that was last year yep You've had a existing relationship with Brembo Brakes. Yeah, they were our first client. First, first client. client. And They're still, the ones that started, helped me start the agency. They believed in us and said, hey, we want to work with you. And, I was, and you're still working with them today? Still working with them today, yeah. What are some other Pinnacle clients that you've worked with and even even new clients that you've worked you with? You know, it's it's been a, a long list, but we're very proud to have worked with um, Microsoft Xbox for over a decade, right? Um, Pirelli for 
almost a decade and and helped him in Formula One. So living out at one of my dreams, yeah. going to Formula One races around the world. Um, but we've also worked with Bud Light, um, with Porsche. We started working with Porsche last year, with Chevy this year. Um, I mean, it's if you're in the cars and you're into culture and lifestyle, it's it's been a dream come true. Wow. You know, we've we've worked with some amazing, not just brands, but amazing people. I mean, I've, you know, we've we've worked with some people that have moved around to different companies, right? We worked with Puma, just mm-hmm. like you have, and great friends over there. And then they left and go. One went to Levi's, Barney Waters, there. right? Yeah. Barney, that all came together. Barney's K yeah. Swiss now. Yeah, yep. Teo went to. To Levi's, and then um, we worked with PepsiCo for a few years with Coca-Cola. Um, so being being in the halls of these you know historic companies and being in those meetings and pitching and coming up with ideas and stuff, it's it's work, but it was a lot of fun along the way. The, 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 it, you and I share a similarity. I'm not going to you know toot our own horns, but I think we're very relational dudes, and I think that that relationship is key. Right. Absolutely. So you, you want to nurture a relationship where you can't have a beer and you can't unwind yeah. with such as Pirelli, like Pirelli bought the box for the Dodgers, which is convenient for you. But at the end of the day, GSD getting shit done. Yep. And that's what it comes down to work hard, party harder or work harder, party softer. I don't know. I guess work <laughs> harder, party harder. It, it's all of the above. Right. All, it depends on the day of the week. Right. So the, the relationships, was that something that you're, I, I, I teased it on the front end, is that something your dad instilled in you? Because you've told me stories about, talk about your dad's club. Yeah. Your dad's club and you and your brother, because you have an older brother and you have a younger brother. Yes. So. I'm middle. Yep. You are the middle brother. You taking money at your dad's club. What What is that club? For any Angelino listening to this right now, he had an institution. Yeah. It's it's a wild story, but I mean, it starts with, first We got of all, time. We got time. We're only, <laughs> we're only 10 minutes in, kids. It's not four, four hours, David Cho, two hours, Stevon Oreo. <laughs> I'm going to try to go in half of that, so I'm going to try to go an hour, right? Okay. An hour? Um, an hour's reason we got 50 minutes. No. So, first off, I'm, um, you know, the son of two immigrants, right? Both my parents came from Mexico to L.A. looking for a better life, and they met in downtown L.A. at a bar. And um, that happened to be my dad's business. So at a very young age, he left the small town he was at in Mexico, in rural Mexico, and went to Mexico City and was taken in by a a really smart entrepreneur, businessman, nightclub owner that just saw that he had the hustle, he had the drive, he had the charisma. And so he took him under his wing and taught him everything he knew. And um, through the years, he kind of groomed him. and, And when he felt... He had reached a certain point and he was like, look, you can either stay here and continue to do this for a long time until I'm ready to retire or, you know, you should consider going to the United States. You know, this is, uh, uh, shoot, late 60s, early yeah. 70s. Yeah, late 60s. And um, and so he ended up coming to Los Angeles. You know, this is it was it was a city where most people from his his town, his part of the country, that's where they came came yeah. to. And my mom, it was it was a no brainer for her because she was in Baja. She had her family was from Mazatlan, on the beach on the Pacific side, but they went to uh, Mexicali, and then from there it was just a short jump, short jump over. And she started bringing her family over. Same thing, just wanted a better life. So that drive to be, you know, I still kind of blows my my mind because also my wife and their family they came from El Salvador. To, to be able to say, yeah, I'm just going to, like, peace out on my country, go over there, don't know anyone, don't speak the language. You've only don't... moved an hour. Yeah. 
You're so lazy, Vic. You just I'm like, like uh, I don't, I don't know what that would mentally take to say, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna do that. Move you the know? family, yeah. and I'm moving to New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. I don't know anyone there, but I hear it. You know, you can. I'm in. There's opportunity. Cool stuff. Yeah. 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 You can make some money there, right? So it's a different era, um, but that hustle and that drive, I think, started there. It started with that making that journey coming here. And I think once they got here, it was like, okay, we, we did it. We got here. Now we got, now what, now we got to deliver. So mom and dad were both hustling, working hard, working all different types of jobs. Mom's cleaning houses, um, being a nanny. Dad was working as a social worker, kind of faking the funk because he didn't speak English that well, but he got, he knew enough to get the job and, and to help out. Um, and they were just tucking away all their, all their money because they wanted to open up a bar because that's the business he knew. And so opened up a small bar, rented a place in North Hollywood. And the idea was he saw that everyone was coming over and especially people from his town and everyone's working hard and they're in restaurants, they're in, you know, they're doing gardening, they're working in factories. But at the end of the day, they still want to have a good time. They still want to, they, they miss their homeland. They want to, you know, drink the beer from mm-hmm. there. They want to hear the music from there. They want to party. He's tapping into the emotion. Yeah. Yeah, and and it was at a time where um, you know a lot of people were coming and they were getting jobs and they were being successful in the working class and they wanted to have a good time. So he started and he opened up a bar with the music. Well, that bar grew quickly into a true nightlife venue, um, live music. Mm-hmm. So the bands he would bring the bands over from Mexico. They'd come over on a bus. You know, you're not flying in a private private jet or anything. You're coming on a bus and you're performing. And the way my dad would do it as he was also the promoter. So he would get, this is where the hustle starts, right? Where he'd like, okay. get the booking he'd get and the booking. he would get the door. Yes. And he'd be like, okay, you're going to perform Friday night here, Saturday night there, Sunday night there. And then the next Friday, you're cutting me a deal and performing at my club, right? Sweet. Which is in North Hollywood. Yep. So the big spots were in LA. And then he would book them in other areas that had a big Latino population like Santa Fe Springs, Riverside. And then he'd book Vegas, right? And that was the one that paid the most. So he'd manage all of that, slide his club in there, and allowed him to get bigger names without having to pay the big money. And it started to grow, grow, grow. And the building he was in in North Hollywood, which is now called the the NoHo Arts District, back there was kind of like no go. Like no one, <laughs> you know, no one wanted to be there. It was yeah, old brick buildings, but they were they were like theater houses and stuff. Um, he eventually took over the entire building, two thousand person capacity, three stories. Um, served food for a while and realized that was more of a hassle than anything. Just served drinks, just serve and it was beer and wine. It was beer and wine. No alcohol, but in, no booze. No booze. They, they, they didn't have that license, and it was all cash business. Wow. Because it's the 70s, 70s and 80s. So, you know. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're working on okay, something like that. Okay, okay. We're working on something like that. Right. Uh, it's called Club Azteca, which is exactly what it sounds, the yeah. Aztec nightclub. Didn't Basically. they have, I think, if I can recall, I think we had this conversation at one point in time. We went to a gumball party or we went somewhere, maybe X Games party, and you were telling, I think you pointed the building me or something like that, and you are like, yeah, it didn't have, like, built-in, like, Aztecs into it, the, it had either the facade or inside stuff. or something Yeah, like on that. the inside, on the inside. And the outside looked like just a, a Standard. brick building, yeah. And the building's gone now. Um, you know, fast-forwarding to the end, the Northridge earthquake did it in. Oh, really? Because it was a h- historic brick building, it, di- it didn't survive. I was the first person on the scene, pulled up. Half the building is on the street on Lancashire oh. Boulevard, and it was that's it. It was a wrap. Yeah. But between 
when he started it in, I think it was 74, to when the earthquake, it had a solid run, you know, almost 20 years. And of those 20 years, let's say 10 of them, off the chain. Like, you know, Studio 54 meets Carlito's Way, meets Boogie Nights, meets, <laughs> you know, all of that wrapped into one. Um, and so in the later years, my, my older brother and I would work there. Yeah. Because my dad was kind of more about just enjoying it and having a good time, right? So he te- He's teaching you the way. He was. He was and really old, teaching my older brother. Point? Yeah. I was uh, 14 when I started working there. And your brother's how, Mark's how much older than you? He's five years older than me. So he was 19. He was, he was going to UCLA. Yeah, okay. So Mark is the... My uh, brother and I are five years apart as well. There you go. Yeah. And my older brother was like the, the, the brains of the family. UCLA. Well, he's CPA. Yeah, he's a CPA. So let's be honest. He, he, this, he, is, this is very similar to my brother and I, by the way. I mean, my brother's not a CPA, but he's very money motivated. I'm more about experience and monetizing my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm kind of all of the above. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's book smart. He's computer smart. He's tech smart. He's all, you know, he just, he gets it. It clicks for him. And yeah. Sometimes that stuff for me... I could stare at it for a long time, and it still looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a Warshak yeah, thing. You're like, what do you see? You're like, uh, butterfly. He's butterfly. like, uh, money. I see. Uh, the, the, yeah, yeah okay, exactly, yeah. exactly. So he was grooming my brother to take it over. He wanted to retire. He wanted to, like, at this point, um, my, my dad, my mom, they'd done well, and they bought a, a ranch in Baja, and we would go every summer and spend the summers down there. And he really just wanted to, to be down there all the time. And so he was grooming my brother, and my mom was pissed because he's like, dude, he's going to UCLA. Like, let him get his car. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, our dad was like, school? Nah. You got to go make money. You got to be in business for yourself. You got to be your own boss. You got to. So he was, he was ingraining that at a young age. I mean, it was always like, you know, projects for us, things to go and do, make money, hustle, save, all of that stuff. And um, so he would bring me to the nightclub with him, and, and I would work the door. And the way he taught me was, okay, he's like, we're charging 10 bucks a head, you know, up until midnight. After midnight, technically, we let everyone in free because we just want their alcohol money. At that point, they're already drinking. But for you, whatever you negotiate after midnight, you get to keep. Yeah. So here I am, 14 years old, you know, junior high, getting ready to go in, into high school. And I'm like, I'm out there at the door. How many people you got? What you got? You got, <laughs> you got three people? All right, I'm going to charge you just for two. All right, I'm going to charge. And, like, I was just working deals, making it up as I went along, you know. And um, I spent a lot of it, like, on comic books and stuff. You <laughs> no, know? you did it. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. I did. It was just, like, you know, cars, all, all that kind of stuff, bike parts, you know, skateboard parts. Yeah. You know, I was into that stuff back then. But for me, I was like, wow. I just worked a few hours there. I got money in my pocket the next day, and I can go and buy what I want, and I don't have to ask for it. I earned yeah. it. I made it, right? When we were really little, he'd let us walk in on a Sunday morning and scour the nightclub and see if, like, anyone had dropped a wallet or cash. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, like, you're the old dude on the beach yeah, with, with the metal the, detector. With the metal detector. But you're just scavenging yeah. for, for, for jewelry, <laughs> yeah. coins, paper money, whatever. Yeah, whatever we could find. No, but it was, uh, you know, it was instilled in us at a young age that you, you got to make it. No one's going to hand it to you. No one's going to give it to you. Um, and, and you got to get creative and you got to hustle, you know. Yeah. Um, the book smart and college side, that was my mom. That was yeah. the dream she came to America with was like, we're going to go, we're going to, you know, get great educations, put you guys through college. You're going to be doctors, lawyers, all this kind of stuff. Do you think that's the mark? That was the mark for her back then. Yeah. Back then, you know, and, um, 
Yeah, and then meaning my, Mark, your brother. Yes. Okay. Mark, he, literally and figuratively. He literally fulfilled and checked that box. You Poor know, your mom. he he went on a scholarship to UCLA, graduated with honors, was was there. She was like, you know, we made it. And I'm like, thank you, Mark. You, <laughs> you did the work for <laughs> you both got, of you us. got that done for you know yeah, it's out of the way us. now. Yeah. And I told um I told both my parents, and at this point. When I'm graduating high school, the nightclub is still around almost for like one or two years, and they're going through a divorce, and it's a nasty divorce. Um, so they're not talking and all this stuff, and we're in the middle. And I'm like, hey, guys, I got an announcement. Um, I don't really want to go to college. You know, I want to do a business. And my dad's like, yes. And my mom's like, hell no. So I'm caught in the middle of this, you know. So I was like, okay, here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make you both happy. I'm going to try college and start going while I start a business. Okay. Right? And that business happened to be a, a rim and tire lowrider shop because that's what I loved, right? I wanted to build lowriders, build cars. We were actually building, we were street racing Hondas and lowriding Chevys. Yeah, so it was yeah. like it was like the total you're, LA Valley. You're your homeboy in Fast and Furious. Yes, yes, you're yes totally. Yes. What's that name? Hector or something uh, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Hector. I think it's Hector. Hector. Yeah. Right. The, the, the one Mexican actor, Noah, uh, we'll forget his name. He gets yeah. every single role. Every, right? Shaved head. Every Chicano yeah. role yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. imagine. Even yeah. on, even in the comedies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's not Michael Pena. Who, no, who gets, no, no, gets no, no. all of them. He, he gets the speaking roles. He gets, I, yes. Yeah, Michael yes. Pena gets the speaking roles. But um, for me, it was, it was either cars and music. Those are the two things I loved. You know, the music kind of came from the family business and all that, but I loved hip-hop. So I was trying to convince my dad. I was like, hey, let me start doing some hip-hop shows at the nightclub. Oh, I thought you, you wanted to be a rapper. No, 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 no. You, no. You, you, I wanted to be a promoter like him, okay. but I wanted to do it with hip-hop. You know, I was So like, moder that, modernize his hustle. Modernize. His okay. And he was like, yeah, no, that ain't happening. You're not, you're not doing that up in here. You know, this was like, you know, NWA, Ice-T, you know, Colors, all of that. And it was... What year is know, this, sorry? Uh, this is early 90s. Okay. Early 90s. Yeah, so... It was at a point where um, even low riding, low riding hip, all of that was associated with gang culture. Yeah. At least in Los Angeles, New York was a different vibe. You know, Miami had its own thing, but in Los Angeles, it was gang culture. The movie, like Colors, Colors came out in like late eighties. Yeah. Right. So yep. Colors, you know, uh, what are some other like? But I all mean, the music was banned. Right. So they're like, you're gonna make parental money advisory. And, that was the yeah. whole like yeah, the that's where the explicit lyrics thing yeah. came out. I mean, it went all the way to Supreme Court, right? So he was like, no. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go do it on my own. And I went and sought out a job at Delicious Vinyl, which was really the only uh, West Coast hip-hop label, mm -hmm. right? And, and a guy... Who headed up Delicious Vinyl? Uh, Tone Loke, Young MC. But then, really, it was the far side. Okay. Who, who Riders, you yep. know. And there was a guy there that took me under his wing. He was a great friend of mine and a mentor of mine, or Orlando, Orlando Aguian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where is Orlando? <laughs> he's got an art gallery in Hollywood now. He's in art. Yeah, he's Sick. he's doing a little bit of music. Um, he was working with, like, Anderson Pack and a few others. Sick. Um, so, I haven't seen Orlando in forever. So I wasn't even of age to go into nightclubs, and I was promoting nightclubs. I was 19, 20 years old, working with him. Um, street team type marketing stuff. And he'd be like, hey, um, who writers are coming in at 7 o'clock and you got to get them to the show by 9 o'clock and this is what they like, you know, beforehand. And, uh, yeah, don't don't screw up, you know. It's all writing on you. I was like, oh, okay. You know, just kind of threw me into it. And, um, man, we had so much fun. So much fun. Dude, it I was bet. Just, it was 
We didn't, we didn't know There was anything. no social media no, back then. No, there was no social media. We didn't know anything. It was word of mouth. You're flyering. There was no cameras. No one was even taking pictures of anything, right? right? So you were just, yeah. I mean, living. We, yeah. Yeah, we were living. We were living to the fullest. And, um, but it was hard to make money. Mm. And I was kind of like, man, this, this hip-hop game, this record industry game, is, there's a lot of sharks. There's a lot, you know, you can't make a lot of money. So I was like, well... I like cars more than music, so maybe I'll stop the music stuff and just do do that for fun and, and go into business in the cars. And that's where the first business, which was North Hollywood Rims and Tires, came into play. Right? North Hollywood Rims and Tires. Super so, creative name, right? It was like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm Selling here, rims and, tires. and this is what I'm doing. This is the city. <laughs> this is what we sell. <laughs> I'm Victor Pools. Yeah. That's that's it. Just <laughs> keep it plain and simple. And that's, and that's what spawned into pretty much now is that – have you stopped since that evolution? No, because I mean, always, there, it, there's that been that was the first iteration of all of this iteration yeah. of Victor Carrillo yeah. in the automotive, the automotive world, yeah. and that was what year again? Ninety four. Now, wow, ninety four. Yeah, figure that's when I kind of got in. The, I mean, not not. I mean, just thinking parallel wise. Yeah, I got a Civic in ninety five. So my and I didn't stop from ninety five Civic that I had when I <laughs> EG had hatchback. Yep, when I had that shop, ended up in an issue of TMR where you and Rodney worked at uh, after a lowrider show in San Diego. Sick. You guys took a picture of me. You didn't know me. I didn't no. know you. Um, but I was like, man, I've made it. I'm in this magazine. <laughs> really? I'm in this zine. Yeah. I was like, what? This is rad. Like, yeah. you know. And um, I knew there was there was a lot more to do, you right. know. And I was like, uh, you know, if I can get in lowrider magazine one day, you know, that would be that would be everything. Right. And so um, we, we, we started building cool lowriders. We started building cool Hondas. And our location really helped us out more than we helped ourselves. Because we were in Anything North with Hollywood attached Hollywood. to it's going to be just yeah. synonymous with cool. Yeah, man. And we had, you know, music producers come from Universal, come from the labels, come from the studios. And they would literally drive down Lancashire Boulevard. And we're the first shop they see. And they see all these cars parked up front. They just pull in there. Hey, can we rent a car? I was like, rent a car for what? Like, we're not Hertz. We're not Enterprise. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. We want to do a music video. I was like, oh, okay. oh, you know. So you're gonna you're gonna rent a, one of our cars, give us money, put it in a video, so it becomes famous. Yeah, we could do that. Let's work it out. You know. Yeah. And we start renting cars. Now we had the, the rim and tire shop, and my friends had the hydraulic shop up the streets. David David's Hydraulics. Yeah. And so we went. You to guys them. are really creative with these names. Dude. North Hollywood Rim and Tire, David's Hydraulics. <laughs> <laughs> Too <laughs> literal. All the creative energy went into the cars. Okay. Okay. It was all into the cars. All right. All right. Humble but I, guy. I pulled Humble. them in and was like, "Hey," and another shop too. And I was like, "Let's all we can all make some money off this." You know, these 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 guys are paying good money for the rap videos. There's this new new guy called Snoop Dogg and there's mm -hmm. this, these kids called crisscross and we're getting hit up all over. Um, and our car club and our friends supplied the majority of the low riders for all those music videos, hip hop videos of the early nineties. Yeah. So gin and juice. Um, today was a good day. Yeah. Warren G regulators. Um, today, Cubes was the most famous, and that was the owner of David Hydraulics. That was his Impala, the green one. Okay. And then the next thing we discovered is that once the cars became famous in the videos, there was oh, a premium. There's a premium. Ding, ding. And so they either got sold to, like, athletes, mm -hmm. drug dealers, okay. 
or they went to Japan. Oh. And and Japanese yeah. paid a premium. So we we had a system where we would rent a car and it would the music video would come out, we'd go to Pomona Swap Meet, show the car with all the info on it and the pictures from the video. Someone a broker from Japan would call us or someone, you know, who represents someone else would call us. We'd work out a deal, sell it, go build another car and just keep going. Right. Keep the cycle moving. Keep it keep it moving. Yeah. And and in the process I was doing the two things that I love, which was music and music and cars. And we I mean, it, it didn't even really feel like a job. Really? You no, know, it didn't. It was, it was like, you know, we did work. We sold some rims. We worked. We lowered Hondas. We put big Pia lights on them. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we, we had. And Terra three uh, spokes. No, that was too expensive for us. I mean, we, <laughs> I think we sold one set and like we took like a thousand pictures. It was a BMW. We were like, man, this is it. We sold we sold some Anteras. You, you just put up uh, jumping around here. Uh, we need we need to get some more beers here yes. in a moment. Can you text your yeah. wife or would she yeah. strangle us? She's from El Salvador. She might cut us. She, yeah, she's gangster. She might cut us. She's gangster. Okay. She's from um, Puente. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, were your kids awake? No. Anyways, you just put up a post on Instagram about your tenure at Kloss Ettenberg Corporation, a.k.a. CEC. CEC. And uh, just recently, I don't think it was on Bring a Trailer. It was on Hypebeast or somebody posted yeah. it. And you reposted photos of Michael Jordan's Lorenzo, yes. Mercedes-Benz model. Did you help build that vehicle yeah. or you were part yeah. of that we sell, curation? We sold the parts to the company in Chicago that built it for Jordan. For MJ. And so what happened is a um, big corporate company called Pet Boys comes along and wants to buy the whole auto center that we're in. Where and this the is North Hollywood. Rims oh, and tires. oh, we're jumping. Sorry, yeah. we're, jump, we're going, we're going, going back, back to North because this is what happens. You want to go chronological? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, and, I like it. And so we're like, they're like, hey, we'll buy your lease. We'll buy, and you know, you can go sell it. I was like, okay, that. And for Angelinos, what, where are you at exactly? Cross North Hollywood, is, uh, Lancashire Boulevard, between Oxnard and Burbank. Okay. So um, now there's the Pet Boys is still there. That really, re that replaced our building. Um, and so they, you know, waving around a big corporate check and we're like, yeah, I guess, you know, we had a good run. We had like almost three years. It's like, who do I want to work for? Like, who is the sickest company in the wheel game? Antera. Who's Antera? Well, it's actually CEC. They also represent Lorenzer for Mercedes-Benz, Tech mm -hmm. for Porsche, like all the high-end AC Schnitzer for BMW, European brands. Pick up the phone. I was like, hey, I've been selling your stuff for Two years, yep. you know, I know the game, blah, blah, blah. They're like, come on down for an interview, you know. Um, I have long hair and a ponytail at this time what? and stuff. I yeah, have never yeah. seen these photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Klaus, oh, the owner, he, he wants to blackmail me every now and then that he's going to release them. <laughs> um, so I go down there and, like, one of the guys. Get it, Albert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so one of the guys was like, yeah, I don't think this guy's a good fit. But then, like, the head sales guy was like, I think he saw the hustle, right? And he's like, you just called us up? And we're like, I was like, yeah, I want to I want to work for you. It's like, I could, you know. Some people call that big dick energy yeah. nowadays. So <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I know I could sell. Big rim that. energy. Yeah, big rim energy. So long story short, um, we sold the business. My brother goes back to UCLA to follow, you know, his path. I go work for CEC. And I'm like, okay, we're in the game now. Now I'm selling Antara and all this stuff. And this is at the peak of that, you know, three-spoke chrome wheels, big body Mercedes and so we're selling, we're doing all this. I climb up the totem pole, um, become number one in sales in the country. And I'm like, hey, I want to do marketing. I need to help your marketing. Move into marketing. Um, they open up a showroom in Century City, and I go run that showroom. And out of that showroom, 
is uh, where we did all the celebrities. So we did Stallone and Ozzy and Denzel and Wesley Snipes and all these guys. And um, we started doing some cool stuff. And that's where we started working with you. And we did, that's where we did Gumball. We did crazy events and parties there and stuff. We burned the place down once after a party. Really? Literally, literally the place caught on fire and, and I think half I'm, of it burnt down. I do remember that. Yeah, it was it was crazy, it was good crazy one. days, good days. I, I feel Paul Tracy might have been involved Paul, in that. Paul Tracy was one of our guys, and, you know, I got him on the cover of Dub Magazine. He might have been, like, the first, you know. Canadian? Canadian <laughs> IndyCar driver on Dub Magazine. IndyCar champ. I oh, mean, you know, man. That shout out to Miles from Dub for, for believing in us right. and putting up with all our stuff. Um, but that was the kind of fun we had. You know, yeah. we had we were just like, hey, this is a good idea. And um, we were doing some pretty cool marketing, right? And uh, we were doing videos before YouTube. So we would literally go out, shoot car videos, press them on a DVD at a local place out in the valley. I remember this. And mail out DVDs to people. And I, I, I think I found them the other day, and it says, like, A.C. Snitzer mm-hmm. on it with mm-hmm. CEC. So it was like a promo yep. video that you put in your DVD player. on your If, if you're a ball and you had a good shop. Yeah. You had the TV up. So, exactly. So people would come in your showroom, and you'd see that on cycle and be an yeah. A.C. Schnitzer promo Lorenzer, yep. so a CEC highlight reel. CEC highlight reel. So that was one of the things that set us apart in terms of marketing. At this point, I'm running marketing, you know, head of marketing. Do you remember who head. shot your videos? Um, well, Michael Ballard. Oh, that's right, yeah. Michael Ballard. So this is how ID Holy comes into play. Shit. So Michael Ballard shooting right. it. Um, I had met him. He was shooting for Stance magazine. Yep. You know, he came out of Big Brother and, and was legendary and shooting skateboarding and wanted to shoot cars yeah so i hired him at cc i was like dude you got the eye he's sick you know big tall white goofy dude (laughs) so so he joins us and we're doing these dvds and shoots we're flying to germany we're doing this crazy stuff and then we decide we're at the sema show and he'd been doing the klaus had been doing the sema show over and over again just bigger booth bigger booth more cars more cars yep i was like no man we got to do this differently i said we're going to do a fashion show and he's like dude we don't sell clothes. You know, what are you talking about? So we're going to do a fashion show for cars. People want to hear the cars. They want to see them drive. They're, you know, there's a connection to a car when it's moving. When it's mm-hmm. sitting still, it's cool. It looks great, but eh, you don't get excited about it. Yeah. So, so we're going to put on this car fashion show. He's like, you got one shot at this and, like, your job's on the line kind of thing. Like, you know, because we're going to take, like, a hundred grand budget from SEMA and do this event. So long story short, the first year we did it, um, we rented this uh, golf course, and we did it in the front. We had like yep. a traditional fashion show with seats. I remember. There. I remember getting. I remember you had car service. Yeah. Pick a, I I went. Yeah. I was with uh, Jason Britton. I was with Jason yes. Britton <laughs> and uh, Bucky, I believe. Yeah. And a few of us jumped in like a car service and went out there to the closest golf course. It was uh, next to Mandalay Bay. Next to Mandalay yeah. Bay. Yep. Yeah. A little, little further down. Yeah. But, yeah. And um, and we had Tommy Kendall host it. And we had, like, a dope DJ, and we had these screens so you could see. And people came, and they stayed for the party for, like, two hours. They watched the fashion show for 45 minutes. They saw every single part and every single car we had to offer, and they were, they were like, mesmerized mm-hmm. versus standing in the booth at the SEMA show for five minutes being distracted because there's a bikini-clad model in the booth next mm-hmm. to you. So we, we captured their attention, and we created something cool and special, and this show just evolved and grew we had private jet sponsors and celebrities we had barry mcguire that was going to drive a car up we had paul tracy drive a car up we had the um uh, the dj who dj'd all the louis vuitton runway shows it just exploded and that's where id started 
because Brembo was a partner, a sponsor of it. Yep. And the CEO pulled me aside and he's like, dude, I like the way you think. I like the, the risks you're taking, all this. Can you do marketing for us? And I was like, no, I'm cool. I don't want... You know, I got a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is good. At this point, we're just having fun. Like, yeah. You know. You're I comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. And he goes, no, no, no. Like, you know, why don't you think about working with us and you can keep you're like working 30, with us. You're them. like 30-some years old. No, no. I was still, I was almost, almost yeah. 30. Yeah. Like, almost 30. Yeah. So I feel like. Just, just, to, give, just to give any young listeners here yeah. that aren't like, cool, you're talking about three-spoke rims and old school shit. Like, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to bring some parody yeah. into this as far as like, anybody listening to this about. The, the the hustle now here yeah. we are i mean I'll, I'll be 42 you'll be 45 you just turned 45, 45 in 45. may right you just april 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 sorry april. 420 420, 420, 420 man <laughs> all right so you turned 45 me and killer mike 420 that's right yep you um, and killer mike so, so sorry no so so basically brembo planted the seed i go home and i'm like wait a minute why can't i work for more than one mm -hmm. company you know so there was no formal business plan there was no you know i'm gonna set out to start an agency and i'm gonna do all this so I, uh so it was michael ballard and i and and he was like well you go talk to klaus i don't want to talk to klaus <laughs> so i go in there and, and klaus and i had a great relationship still to to this day yeah. i owe a lot to him he was a mentor he was an amazing businessman Funny that dude. dude came from germany with just about nothing yeah. and built that company into a multi-million dollar organization right. and a brand right mm -hmm. on his own um CEC is synonymous with motorsports and cars. Yep. I mean, I guess motorsports, motorsports a little bit, yeah. but, but aftermarket. Yeah, primarily aftermarket. Styling, you there know, you styling of cars. And um, I said, I walked in his office and I said, I got a deal for you. I'm going to keep doing all your marketing and you're going to pay me less. And he was like, you know, his eyes perk up. He's like, what? Of course. Yeah, that sounds like oh, this, a great this deal. Sounds, this sounds enticing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, what's the catch? So the catch is I'm not going to be in your office anymore. And he's like, I don't get it. I said, well, and I'm going to make the investments in computers and, you know, cameras and all the stuff that you never want to sign off on for us. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I was like, gonna, you know, start an agency and we're going to grandfather you in and it's going to be this price. We're going to do continue to do all your work. You won't see or feel any difference. I promise you. He's like, all right, yeah, cool. And that's how ID started. And the first client was Brembo. And, you know, more than 15 years later, I've lost count. Uh, we're still representing them and, and a lot of other great brands. But it wasn't, it was, you know, the hustle and the work created the opportunity. And then sometimes you need a little bit of a push or you need someone to like shine the spotlight on it for you. And in that case, you know, it was, it was Brembo coming and Klaus being open to it and Michael Ballard saying, yeah, I think we can do this. You know, it was kind of everyone together was that moment and we, and we went, we did it. We went to Ballard's house and we went online and registered a, a website and stuff. It was like, you know, and that was it. And that's how it started. Wow. I, 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 like I said, I, I just, I always think of like my nephew who's 22, 23. He's in Stockton, California, Isaiah. And I talked, I, I talked about him in the last episode uh, with Kirkham. And it's interesting that both you and James Kirkham, my, my previous episode, and, and you introduced me to Estevan and Mr. Cartoon, which um, you talked about the Urbano market and, it's interesting that music always plays a massive role. Mm -hmm. Music plays a huge role in a lot of people's perspective, yeah. angle. I mean, even in like the suburban white boy thing or this dude that's in Korea that's listening to the hardest rap or the hardest emo or the hardest techno or, or some dude that's in Alaska. Music plays a huge role. Even of like your upbringing and you seeing, that's why I say your dad instilled this hustle into you, but also he instilled this kind of, 
this beat. Yeah. Right. I mean, music always plays just an integral role in, uh, I mean, even we were talking about it earlier, like, you know, I asked your kids here at, at dinner right before we did this, I said, <laughs> what are you listening to? You know, he said 21 pilots yeah. and that's, and you know, at some, you're okay with them listening yeah. to that at some point he won't tell you what he's listening exactly. to, you know, because, because it's, it's forbidden fruit or it's, it's not Pandora's box because I would truly believe that I, I had this conversation with killer Mike. I said, Hey man, what do you think about your kids? You know, it was a couple of years ago, actually. Um, I said, what do you think about your kids listening to, to music that is, you know, a little aggressive? He says, dude, I want to be the fuck where I'm at if I didn't listen to NWA. Yeah. My uncle let me listen to it, and yeah. I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah. And we all fucking cuss. We yeah. we can love Jesus, but we can fucking yeah. cuss. I fucking yeah. love Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and you could be that. You could be biblical and, and you know. Dude, I, you yeah. know, I used to hide you know, be on the side of the house and listen to two live crew, you know, my little Walkman <laughs> stuff, right. you know, and I only listened to it because they said it was banned. Yeah. You know, and I wanted it. Why is it banned? Like, mm. So you're why? more inquisitive. Yeah. Yeah. I was more inquisitive. And then my older brother, Mark, um, he had a completely different taste in music that I just found like really interesting. So he was like the whole emo alt rock K rock yeah. stuff. And so here I am, you know, 15, 16, and he's taking me to fishbone concerts at Crenshaw high school. You know, as they're just getting started, wow. we're like slamming and I'm like, am I going to get, you know, shit. my head stomped on here yeah. or what? And then, you know, we also did like the Cure and Depeche Mode and all of that course. stuff too. You know, yeah. the, the standard like, you know, late That's 80s, early 90s. But, um, you know, so we were surrounded. So my dad had the regional Mexican music, which at that time I couldn't stand because that was like my parents' music, yeah. right? Now, now full circle, I'm like trying to get my kids <laughs> to listen to it. And I'm like, That's your heritage. And they're like, this is terrible you know <laughs> no they don't they actually don't they don't mind it they actually right. kind of like it you just got to find the right artists yeah. right so we take them to hollywood bowl and that kind of stuff and it's a better experience you know but my yeah. dad back then was like you had no choice he just turned on the radio while we're driving to hit what he wants to listen to and that's it there's like, no there's no compromise no negotiation you're just listening to it like you know? who if if somebody's going to type in a spotify like first 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 band like nostalgia that comes into your mind that los, los tigres del norte they 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 got their start with my dad, and they're selling out arenas, and they have right a now. private jet now. Currently. Yeah, they, they do, yeah. What is they, it again? Los Tigres del Norte. They're actually from San Jose. Oh, really? That's why they're called. They're from the Bay? Yeah, yeah. And they just redid Johnny Cash's uh, Folsom Prison album. Yeah. And, it's, and there's a documentary on it on Netflix. It's amazing. Really? It's amazing because they show the difference of what Folsom was like then to what it is now. Like, there wasn't a women's prison back then, and now there is, and... They're interacting with the prisoners, and they've got the same mess. They're about the people, just like Johnny Cash was about the people mm. and telling the real stories and stuff. They got their start with my dad, and they were on a you know dilapidated van coming down, trying to make a name for themselves, and my dad would take them around and all this stuff. And, and my dad also brought in – he was the first to bring in um, Juan Gabriel, who passed away a few years ago, who is like – I don't know, like kind of like Frank Sinatra, I guess, of Mexico, like – mega 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 star yeah and um just a crooner crooner like a cool yeah cool crooner, crooner cool undercover gay mexican crooner okay. yeah <laughs> and fine. all the women loved him yeah and all the women loved it's all him, good right? so um but he would you know again like 100 times platinum kind of artists and you know i've got pictures of him with my mom would pick him up from the airport and bring him to the club and they would you know hang out and stuff so it was it was this crazy eclectic mix. So we got like punk and emo and I'm all hip hop and over here and, and, you know, run DMC's coming, beastie boys and all of yep. that where it's all kind of blending. 
to now we listen to just about everything. Right. You know, we listen to whatever we think is good music. Yeah. And your wife's a beautiful singer. Your yeah. dog's name's Hendrix. Yeah. So I always, I always, it's, uh, I really enjoy music and it, yeah. it, it, it really just helps soothe the soul. I asked this question to James. It's, it's fresh in my mind right now. You go to a party, you maybe know 50% of the people uh, at the, you know, there's say there's a hundred people and you only know 50 people there. What what album song just musician? Let's just say general. What musician do you put on to 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 put everybody at mind? I mean, like right piece. like right now. Like right now, like, you had you had hundred people in your backyard. What, what I like uh, Leon Bridges. Right okay, now. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. I that's think a feel that, good. You know, because people, it, it's not something that everybody knows. So they'll start asking, like, "Hey, who is this? Like, what? Is, you know, I like this vibe. I, I I like it, but I don't know why and who is it. You know, good one versus. Putting on something that everybody knows. Okay. Like you could always bust out the yacht rock and it'll be like. Well, you know me, I'm a sucker for yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know you me. You were the first one to tell me about it. I like, love, you know, I'm a sucker for yacht rock. Like 15 years ago, I yeah. think. But, um, you know, and then true story, went to Formula One with uh, John Oates. Did you? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's ago. right. Because Rod Emery <laughs> built his vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. That needs to happen. Yeah. I need, I need, oh gosh, so cool. I need John Oates on my podcast. He's so cool. So the, the, just me being in LA, like I said, just the, the manifestation of just even having this conversation and how, how quick it is. I think this is a testament to us moving here being okay. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, no, you, you guys, you know, everyone's happy to yeah. see you back. Thank um, you. It'll definitely be more opportunity, Yeah. you know, and just like this, like today. I mean, when's the last time we just hang out, grab a beer? Talk shop. I've never been to your house. Yeah, yeah that's weird. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've known each other. Like, we we didn't get into, yes, so finish, finish your thought. Yes, me being here, yeah. access, opportunity. Yeah. I mean, going to your office. But you it said, also just feels right. It it's, does. It, you know, it feels right. It feels right. It's full circle. It's like full it just, circle. The last, do you remember uh, the first time we met? I do. Uh, was it at TMR? Nope. No? Nope. Shit, I, I, I'm you ready? bad, right? Yeah. You ready? My memory's It going. was at Ontario Mills Mall. Oh, at a Dave and Buster's. Yep, yep. Rollerblade. Rollerblade. <laughs> Cesar Mora. Was that his name? I think that was his name. Yeah. Mora, he was a rollerblader. You working yeah. for a dot com? Yes. What was the dot com? Uh, Drivewire. Drivewire dot com. And, and I borrowed James Chen's Civic Si. Yeah. Axis wheels yep. to do a photo shoot. Yep. Yeah. With yeah. Cesar Mora. Yeah, Cesar Mora. We were. Yeah. And who we, was the, uh, the, the uh, big white dude glasses? Uh, Photographer, homeboy. Kanaski, Brian, BK. No, no not BK. That wasn't him? No, not, not BK. I met him through that Mike, world. Uh, too. Mike. Not, uh, not Robledo. It doesn't matter. Doesn't, you'll, oh, Shartzis. Shartzis. Michael Shartzis. Yeah, he was editor of uh, Euro Tuner. Yes, he was. Magazine. Yeah. Shartzis yeah, I, I remember that now. I remember that. First time I met you. Yeah. I remember I was like, who is this cat? And See, like, I don't remember because like, I was just too excited to drive that Civic. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me the keys. This is this is 99, 98? 98, probably. I want to say 98. Because yeah. drivewire.com. Yeah, I was living in Seattle. I That's moved to, right. I, took, I started a dot-com, an auto parts business online called autosports.com, right at the beginning of the internet. Yep. And within three months, these guys from Seattle, they're like, hey, we keep calling all these companies like iBock and you know all these ones, and they, they they say they've signed over their internet rights to you. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I didn't know how to program websites or anything. I hired a company, so we were just we were winging it. Again, me and my brothers I was like, this thing, the internet. Trust me, it's going to be big. <laughs> so, so these guys from Seattle, they're like, well, we're kind of doing the same thing, and we have more money than you. And I was like, okay. And they're like, so why don't you just work? 
with Kick us. Kick them over. Yeah, just we'll buy you out and this and that. And uh, as part of the deal, I moved to Seattle. Yeah. You know, and we went, went up to Seattle. I was like employee number six or eight. There were a couple ex-Microsoft guys. And uh, we were in the same building as like Travelocity and like a couple of, like half of them became big and the other half went out of business in like a year, right? It was, it was a weird time. It was like the Wild West. But ours was all about tuning parts. And, and um, this is in between CEC. I left yeah, CEC that's to go do ask. this. And then I came back when the internet crashed and we lost all our money and I had to come back live in my mom's house again. <laughs> you know, so. It, uh, it, it's okay, you're here. Yeah, 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 I survived, I survived. <laughs> But um, for for a good eight months, yeah, we we were balling out of control. Yeah, we had a I had a house or I had an, an apartment in Seattle, an apartment in LA. I kept the Land Rover up there. I had my Volkswagen Passat down here, flying back and forth. I was I had three agencies working for me. I had a team of like eight people, um, and I was taking them to like do research at Hot Import Nights because they didn't know anything right about this industry. They just knew that you know it's an industry that. that doesn't have a good internet presence. So we'd go to Hot Import Nights, we'd go to, you know, Nopi, we'd do all the stuff of that. And we're, we're putting together this master plan and now there's 70 employees. We have a whole floor of a high rise in Bellevue. And um, they were doing another round of, of investment and they were gonna take millions from a bunch of different people. And then the original investor was like, no, 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 we want we want to reinvest. like. We, know, we believe in this, so stop taking money from everyone else. We're going to put the money in. And then the stock market crashes, mm. right? The internet bubble bursts. And those guys were like, well, we don't know. We, we lost half of our fortune, you know, so we're not going to invest. We're like, well, we're not going to invest for when? Well, we don't know. Let's ride it out. So one week, two weeks, becomes a month. Comes like, uh-oh. And, you know, the, the rent on a whole yeah. floor and a high-rise doesn't stop. No. And so... You know, start laying people off, stop making cuts, done. I'd pack up whatever. So I had sold my company to them for stock, mm -hmm. which was worthless. So I took possession of the, the desks, the chairs, and some of the computers, loaded them up in a U-Haul, connected to the Land Road, drove back to L.A. All right, that was a good that was a good run. Yeah. Start over. That's it. I called him Klaus. I was like, hey, I'm back. He goes, come on down. Sick. Yeah, come on back. We need you. What do you what do you attest to him kind of open his arms back to you for those that are listening? He said when I was leaving, he was like, you know, whenever, it's always a place. Yeah, always a place. They were still booming. You know, we we just we always clicked him and I, you yeah. know, and um, it was just one of those things. He knew he can count on me and, and I would I wanted to deliver for him. I wanted to, you know, really do well there because he was because he always believed in me. So yeah. that made me want to work hard and. And really deliver, you know. And plus, we we had a lot of fun together. Yeah. You know, he was only he's only, I don't know, let's say ten years older than me. Yeah. Right. So we we yeah, same age. Yeah. yeah. We had we so had a couple high times. school seasons, but now yeah. like your peers. Exactly. He was a much better soccer player than me, but uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. get into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is, what's he doing now? Uh, he still has. So he has the uh, Pirelli P Zero World, the old showroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is now Pirelli P Zero World, and he like consults and manages that. And and um, he still has CEC wheels, just his own wheels. He doesn't deal with any of the German yeah. companies, any. So it's his brand, and he's got that building, which is sick. Sick. That's yeah, great. It's really, it's really dope. So basically, you were like Ed Norton going to Meatloaf's bosoms and saying Robert Paulson has a name. He's like, <laughs> just you. You left like your your tear marks into mm -hmm. his chest. Speaking of uh, favorite, my favorite movie is Fight Club. What's your favorite movie? Ooh, it, you know, Fight Club is up there. 
It's a good one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, it's it, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mind fuck. You know what? It's it's you know I guess it's a sign of getting older. But I've had favorite movies and I rewatch them and I was like, you know, one of them was like Menace to Society, right? Some don't hold up. No, I watched it again. I was like, man, that was that was rough. Like that was harsh. You know, I, like from a. Like, now that you're a dad, you think? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what oh. it is, for sure. I was like, you know, kids go to bed. You can't watch this. You know? Yeah. You know, so, um, but for me at the time, I loved it because it reflected real life. You know, where I felt like... Oh, Menace to Society. Menace yeah. to Society, because uh, I felt Boys in the Hood was a little too watered down, mm -hmm. and a little bit too, like, you know, I don't know, a little too Disney okay. for me. And then Menace to Society came out, and I was like, yeah, that's the real shit right there. Yeah. That's how it's going down in, in these streets, you know. And so, but now I watch it, and I was like, oh, man, that, that's... It's dark. It's maybe it's like it's bringing back the the it bad memories. memories. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, I, I don't need to watch that again. I'm gonna put it away. <laughs> <laughs> so no blood in, blood out. That's, no, that's, that's super terrible. corny too. That's terrible, terrible. That's terrible like North movies. Shore to Hawaii. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know why there's any, there's no good Mexican rappers or or Mexican films like that. Most, there's nothing that nah, sensationalizes. Not really. Not really, you know. You, I mean, American Me was like a was you oh, know, Edward good. James almost was, yeah. was good, but that was more like a period. Stand and flick. deliver. It was like a period flick, right? Because it was so old. Yeah. It started at the beginning and how it all came to be and everything. It's like I don't want to watch a history lesson. Right. What's going on now? You know. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, it's uh, I I love movies, but I don't know. But uh, you did jog my memory. I mean, through CEC and through Cars and through music, I got to meet some of my heroes. That was a good one. One of the most random ones that I did at CEC, you'd never expect. You just, you'd be like, what, really? You wanted to come in rims was uh, Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against Machine. So I did, I did his car and uh, Brad yeah. as well. And um, both very different cars, but Zach came in and uh, referred through a friend and was like, dude, his Impala just got stolen. He was living in Atwater where we grew up and all that. And um, it just got stolen. And he's like, dude, I'm done with old cars. They're too easy to get stolen stolen blah 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 so he bought a bmw wagon and i was like this is dope and he's like but i want to make it look like my old impala okay <laughs> he's like i want rims that yeah it was like a really weird hard thing kind of to, a weird request but i was like but you're so dope and i love your music i was like sign this t-shirt for me <laughs> <laughs> no but we got him some rims we got him hooked up we got him dialed you didn't and, put him on like gold d's or anything no like that. no no you no put we, him on schnitzers we, yeah we put him on some schnitzers but like some, some black cl some classic looking ones yeah you know so gave it kind of a almost like a, a fuchs kind of yeah like, exactly yeah like a heritage look okay not like crazy but you know chrome or anything like that that you see now but uh you know would have never guessed that's how i'm gonna meet you zach, know, de la zach de la rocha i mean he was you know that was my anthem at the end of high school and stuff and you know every young angry angelina was like yeah who who you talk about you know people that you've met in the past but who would you like to meet and have you know have a beer with or who would you like to who who do you admire maybe in the business world or maybe in the entertainment world, maybe in the music world. You know, for me, it's, I, I had an opportunity, you know, shook hands, took a photo with Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. But for me, it's like The Rock, JT, you know, John Mayer. Those are all entertainment more than anything. Yeah. But. All, all good choices. I think these days, though, I'd go with, like, some really weird characters because I just want to. Elon get Musk. It, yeah. I'd want to get into the brain. Like, what what is going on in there? Okay. Like, like seriously, like, what are you thinking? Like, what makes you. How do you come up with these ideas, you know, even, even a Bill Gates, you okay. know, um, growing, you know, not growing up, but living in Seattle for a few years and was, we were a few steps removed and then we've worked at Microsoft for the last 10 mm -hmm. years. So I've seen the culture and been in the walls and, 
and um, seeing what he's done, obviously, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all that, and now all the conspiracy theories, which are ridiculous. But he created I, COVID, dude. Yeah, exactly. He's going to he's gonna chip us all. Watch oh, out. That's it. But I feel like I just would get more out of it. Like, I'd yeah. be like, dude, just share that brain with me for a little bit. And then, you know, there's people that are, like, really one step removed, like like David Cho and stuff like that, right. you know, who hung out. But we've, we have never hung out like, just one-on-one yeah. talking, you know, and this and that. So, um, and that was the other part of this whole crazy thing. So when when I was in the lowrider car clubs, 16, 17, was when I met Cartoon. Yeah. We were in the same car club. What car club? You didn't, you Roller, failed to mention? Rollers, rollers Only was okay. the first one that he with had. With a Z. With a Z. Yes, of course. Of course, with of course it was with a Z. Of course. Come on. <laughs> rollers. Um, and that's when he had his, uh, his samurai. Oh, uh. Yeah. Did he buy that back? Or he just no. he just he just built a new He samurai. built a new one. He built a new one. The other one was like goldish and and orange with all the murals all over it and stuff. So it looked complete. It was insane. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, fully muraled. It was insane. Uh I had a Honda Prelude, you know. What year? Mine? Yeah. 92? Oh man. Yeah. That was like it looked Integra esque. Yes, like yeah. that was like yeah, the yeah, 92 headlights. pop-up yeah. headlights. Yeah. I love it. Sunroof, you know. Of course you um, did. I got a Civic after that, and I missed the, missed the Prelude. Yeah. But um, that's where we first met, and we were in that car club for a few years, and then he started making money, and he started buying Impalas, and he joined one of the Roller legendary. No, he, oh. he went to Lifestyle, oh, which is yeah. one of the legendary car clubs of L.A. Yep. And I stopped with the car clubs and went to go. Well, actually, I went into yeah, I went into individuals when I got my Impala, okay. which was more of a more of a black uh, car club mm-hmm. based out of like Crenshaw and stuff. Yeah. I just had I had friends there, and we we were the uh, the Hollywood chapter. Right? Yeah. So um, so I would see them when we were cruising Crenshaw and stuff like that, and um, and then eventually I just grew out of lowriding. I was like, you know, I want a Lexus now. I want. <laughs> yeah. You saw the comfort. You're like, yeah, dude, these yeah. these lines keep blowing. I had Your pumps were just wheels jacked. fall off. Yeah. In the middle of the boulevard, I had you know I was just so over it, man. Over it. Yeah. So, everything would break. Yeah. Your your Lolo, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. You said your Lolo was in today was a good day video, right? Not mine. That Not was yours, that was said. our friends. Okay, yeah, the green one, because that one was worth some some bucks. That, was, that was the most expensive one. No, no, That's that one here. went to a pharmaceutical dealer in Chicago. Okay, yeah. I mean, now it's legal, so it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's all good in yeah. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I don't know where it ended up after that. Um, yeah, that one didn't go to Japan. My you, my sixty one Lincoln Continental went to Australia. My, I mean, we'd always you know up until six years ago, yeah, I was building and selling cars overseas. But full circle, ID, we're going, we're doing everything. Come across cartoon again with Stevan, and they're you know at this point they've got a name for themselves. Yeah, they're doing a lot, and um, the recession hits right two thousand eight. And we lose, like, ID, we lose, like, half of our clients overnight. Yep. It's just, like, it's a bloodbath. Yeah, so you I'm guys like, were lifting iced tea, yeah. Nike. I was like, what are we going to do? So Marco was like, well, you know. Marco's your partner? No, ID? no, not yet. He oh, was like, okay, I'm sorry. Um, come down and, you know, I just bought out my partner, which is Michael Ballard. Right. So get all the money I got, buy out the company, the economy, and the world comes to an end. And I'm like, nice. Shit. Good timing. So Marco's like, well, you know, we're doing this thing, SA Studios, you know, where he got Harley and one other account. And he's like, you got some automotive stuff. We're stronger together. So I go down. I was like, oh, yeah, we can we can do this. So I start 
commuting. I had, I had the ID office in Long Beach because close to FD and all that. I was right. living there. And then the SA office was in downtown. I was going back and forth. And eventually I was like, this is, I don't, I don't want to do this. So I moved ID into the same building as SA Studios, but had the first one. And then the middle one was Cartoons Tattoo Shop and the, the Lowrider Museum. And then the last one was SA Studios. We all joined up and it was like magic happened. Yeah, you it was know? good. It was, we had a solid it was a great run. moment. Yeah, and that's when we did the work for Pepsi and Nike and T-Mobile and launch brands. And, I mean, we we did a lot. Yeah. And, again, I had that same feeling I had, like, in the, those CEC days where it was fun. Like, you're doing work, and you're, you're working hard, and you're making money, but it's more fun than anything. I mean, late nights at the studio on a regular basis. You never know who's going to come through there, what opportunity is going to pop up. We were in New York every three weeks. Yeah. Because we were doing Pepsi work and stuff, and then Pirelli and stuff. And so we were just, Marco and I especially, just kind of wherever we need to be, you know, and um, we had a solid run, you know. I mean, your, your catalog right now is, is pretty deep, your portfolio as far as the companies you work with. What, what kind of motivates you or what's your inspiration working with companies and how do you, how do you reach out to companies to, to kind of uh, to work with them yeah. and, and, and garner their business? No, I mean, it goes back to what you said earlier, which is it's all relational. You know, yeah. it's all about relationships. But for me, and I think for our team, it's about passion. So if we're not passionate about it, we're probably not going to be good at it. Right. So everything and every brand or person that we work with is something that we, we have some connection or some passion to. So we love cars. We do obviously do a lot in the, in the car space. We love video games. You know, Marco's like, he used to be that guy at like three in the morning, Call of Duty, like, you know, come on, join me. I was it. like, dude, I, I need to sleep. Like, this ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, we launched a Mescal brand. We did some boxing stuff for Bud Light. We love all that stuff. I grew right. up with boxing, right? So, authenticity you know, is yeah, key. Yeah. Yeah. So if you call us and you're like, hey, I got a new candle company I'm launching next week, we'd be like, yeah, we're probably. Jared's not. your guy. Yeah. Just yeah, go exactly, to Jared. Exactly. Exactly. Go to Jared. We're, we're not Let's your go. guy. I, I was, maybe you know, a few cents or something. Like, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what I think smells good. But, um, or even in the car space, like if you're launching a new minivan, that, that, that ain't us. Right. You know, but we've done work for Pagani, McLaren, Porsche, you know, we're doing some work for Celine right now. We're doing work for Chevy. Um, so it's, it's all got to be connected to you personally and, and you got to be able to really love it in order for what I feel in order to do the real authentic good work. Yeah. So, and, and, because of that, we, we travel in small circles and people move, and then they know that you do good work. So they want to, they, they want to work with you. They want to trust in you, you know, because yeah. their neck's on the line too. They're like, oh, I'm going to bring you in. Now you, you, know, you fuck up. You're going to make me look bad. Right. You look at these large agencies and I would say that you guys are kind of a nimble, small agency as opposed mm -hmm. to the red tape, the big ship. Is that kind of the way agencies are going or is it, or would you rather have kind of more manpower or more overhead or, I mean, it, you know, it, it's kind yeah. of that balance. Yeah. Right. And there'll always be big agencies and there'll always be small agencies and they're good at different things. There's plenty of things that we can't do as a small agency that a big one can, you know, especially like on a global level. Right. Um, but you want to launch, you know, got a, got a call today, alcohol brand out of the UK. They want to launch in California. They want, you know, it's kind of a cleaner, healthier alcohol. Yeah. We're your guys for that. Yeah. You know, we're, we're good for that. Now, if they said, hey, we want to launch from here to Brazil and Buenos Aires and, and Chile and everything, it's like, uh, we can handle this yeah. part for you, but we can't handle A big agency can't. And they yeah. can take that all on, and maybe that's easier for them, right? So we're, we're not for everyone, but 
what we are good at, we're really good at it because we love it and that's what we do and that's what we specialize. And everyone who comes to the, on the team, you know, whether it's Jasper from DTA, Rogue Status Days, I mean, he lived and breathed that stuff and he was such a hustler, you know, designing the stuff, marketing the stuff, yeah. doing just whatever needed to be done. Yeah. When he came and was like, you know, I want to work with you, I was like, yeah, absolutely, because I know your work ethic, I know, yep. you know, your, your style and all that, you're going you're gonna to fit right in. Um, or Jonathan Wong, who was editor of Super Street, right? Same thing. Like, we've got a lot of clients that can use his expertise, his knowledge, his, his, his network, his, his vision. Mm. And so, again, we're not for everyone, but if it's a good fit, it's going to be a really good fit. Bit of a yeah. United Nations over there. At oh, ID. yeah. It always has you been. Know, you got, you got, it's always you got Wong, yeah. you know, yeah. Jasper Watts, you oh, got yeah. Valides, Carrillo, you yeah. know, I mean, you got it all. We, we, we got a lot, yeah. And that, I mean, that adds to just authenticity, and you can't duplicate that. Yeah. You know, you, you really can't. When you you talk about traveling, uh, what's one of the most favorite destinations you've ever been to? Because, again, traveling, road um, running. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been to a lot of places. Um, I love to travel. Both, both personal and work. Yeah. I think, you know, um, personally was one of my, just because it's the most recent one, but going to Vietnam. Um, I just went there with one of my good buddies just to go explore and see right. stuff and eat where Bourdain and Obama ate. Yep. And go the, the, see the Glaston table that yeah, they yeah, sat at. Yeah, we is, sat we sat across from it. So we sat across <laughs> from it, but also to go see where um, where my uncle served in in Vietnam. Right, uh, he did two tours over there in the Navy. I uh, was a captain in the Navy, and and my cousin digged up the letters and said, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago, and he was he was like, this is where he was, this is where he had. So I went there and explored it and saw the the grave sites and the wow. the bridges that the CBs built and everything. So it was just, it was like a special trip for a lot of different reasons. And I was getting burnt out and I needed to, when I get burnt out, I need to go away. I need to, I need to, but like go and yeah. get off the grid. And sometimes I just go solo. So I've gone to Nicaragua solo. I've really? Gone, yeah. And and that. did a few, couple of weeks there. Um, and it's just talk about recharging the batteries, you know, just at the pace that we run at, you've seen it. Like yeah. we're, we're go, go, go work and family. Um, you know, we love it, we can handle it, but there's also a point sometimes where you're like, man, I need to, need to reset. And it's hard to reset when everything else is still going at mm -hmm. the same speed. Mm -hmm. So take a moment, get out of town, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Right. And then you can re you can reset. Um, another great trip. And we, we talk about it a lot and I post about it a lot was my 40th birthday in Alaska. And Alaska right? was tremendous. And that was because of the group of people. We had a motley crew, man. <laughs> it was, we it had, was amazing. Some, and a lot of us hadn't met. Which yeah, C, which, which was C great. Mac, C Mac was like yeah. still a friend to this day. Yeah, my cousin, my brothers. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just really great because we we all said, hey, everyone's traveled all over, but where has no one been? You know, yeah. where, what's new? And we're like, Alaska. And I was like, really? We're gonna go to Alaska? And I looked. I was like, flights aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, we're in. Let's let's go. And and sort of like Gumball, that first time we did it with Bucky. <laughs> We didn't have any clue what we were getting nope. ourselves into. You know, nope. we didn't, you know, when we did gumball, we had no radar detector, no map, no clue. Nope. We were just like, we're in it for the adventure. And that's what Alaska felt like, yeah. you know? And we we just kind of winged half of it and we had we had fun. And, yep. the, and we did some planning, but for the most part, it was about like the adventure and the camaraderie and all of that. So those those trips are cool. And then I, I have had some epic work trips as well. Yeah. Um, probably the most, you know, one of my most famous or favorite ones is uh, Sweden. And it was in the wintertime, and we were staying in, like, these, you know, really cold kind of old castles and snowmobiling through the forest and 
and racing on frozen lakes. Was that you know, the Pirelli so activation? This was SeaTech, uh, who was okay, based yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. CTEK, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, um, they're like, oh, we're based in Stockholm. No, they're like five hours outside of Stockholm. Oh, really? You know, in like a town of like 10 people. Yeah, right? yeah. And you go there, and they like, they invent stuff for Ikea, like true story. And then they invented this battery charger, and then someone didn't, no one wanted it. So they're like, oh, we'll keep it. And we, they turned it into SeaTech. Yeah. But they were actually an invention in company and like an invention laboratory yeah they, so really? they have the laboratory still there and then this has turned into this this big thing and so they were growing they hired us and then we took some journalists over there again it was some good friends um my buddy nick stetcher mm -hmm. which you know i know nick so we had we had drinks the other night um, oh really yeah Gosh, i haven't yeah. seen him in a while it'd be, it'd be a good podcast yeah well. yeah we got to get him on so it was him and and um uh chris cannell and a few others and um, we did things like, you know, we're in the jacuzzi. I mean, it's, it's the middle of winter in, in Sweden. Yeah. And they're like, no, this is tradition. You got to jump gotta, in the snow. You got to jump in the snow. Easy. And I was like, all right, guys. Dude, look at that deer. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you ghosted on him? I ghosted on oh, him. Oh, you didn't do it? And I went into the sauna. Ew, pussy. I went into sauna. Ew. And they, they're like, what happened to you? I was like, oh, man, I had to go to the restroom. Angelino, <laughs> dude. Beat LA. You oh, cook. man. But, um, you know, we were eating reindeer, and yeah. it, was just, it was just an epic trip. Again, you know why? Out of the comfort zone. Okay. You're like, you know, you're, you know, the sun's setting at 4 p.m. You're like, this is kind of a weird, weird place, weird it vibes. Right. It you felt know? right. But you don't we were, know. We were having fun. Totally. You know, and it was a new adventure. So for me, that's, you know. Uh, that's important. That, that's important. Yeah, just staying alive, staying yeah. alive, because yeah. there's so many times we take it for granted, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, even even Zach De La Rocha at a younger age, you're like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, I say younger age respectively because yeah. we have so much life ahead of us and get to see our kids grow up. So I, I'm just thinking of, you know, things that I've encountered, and you're like, man, oh, I, 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 like I've told my oldest son, don't peak in high school, right? And and <laughs> and and. and and no. I, I had a conversation with my buddy driving into race service today about don't ever peak. Yeah. Don't ever peak, bro. There's no reason to. I mean, no obviously we don't want to, but no. sometimes people peak because of their 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 lack of inability, yeah. their lack of they give up. access. Yeah. They, they gave up. They fold, right? Mm -hmm. Just let, no one to fold them, bro. Kenny Rogers Roasters, yep. here you go. Yep. Here, here they are. I'm out. Yep. Right? So no. it, it's it, like just knowing you for as long as I have and just seeing adaptation and – admitting failure yeah right because that's it like you said ah fuck i i, I sold out or it didn't sell out I, yeah i i, shit I lost just, shit crumbled <laughs> yeah shit crumbled i bet it on the house yeah. it didn't pay off yep. that's it boom okay even buying ballard out of, yep. of id agency and saying okay cool strength in numbers let's go yep. sa studios and id mm -hmm. where's sa studios right now nowhere yeah but Cartoon still exists as a human being. Yep. Estevan still exists as a human being. You can still work with them independently, but then ID agency needs to continue. And Victor Carrillo now has an agency called the household. Now yeah. has the family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that is the end game of to perpetuate nice people into the world. Yeah. And and to and to propel all of these fantastic things and all these blessings and offerings that the hustle that was instilled into you, you're going to perpetuate that hustle into your children concurrently. Like I always say. Oh, is that, is that? That's Benicio. Oh, Benicio. Benicio, give me some beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell him. Tell him. Hey, B, can you get two of these from the little fridge and bring them out? Yeah, but, oh, thumbs up. Thumb, thumbs up from Homeboy. Here we go. Ready? There you go. You get that one. <laughs> um, so per per perpetuating the love and 
I, I had a great conversation with my buddy Chad this morning and, and he wants to start a podcast and, and, and selfishly it's, it's just one of those things where you hope people want to hear your story. Yeah. I hope people want to hear what we're talking about. And when they're an hour plus into this, I think that's when the, that's when people that are true fan right on brother. Thank you, buddy. You can stay up late now. <laughs> There you go. I got this. Fortnite all night. Fortnite, bro. Do the Fortnite dance. And um, cheers. Salute again. There you go. We haven't talked about what we're drinking because it is beer, but. It's, it's, uh, I'm not necessarily a beer guy. I can appreciate it, but you tell me. This is a Samuel Adams limited release summer ale citrus wheat ale. 5.3%. Eight IBUs. Nice. This is like a a perfect beer for this type of weather. Yeah, because it's hot as fuck. <laughs> this is definitely a macro brew. Sam Adams tried to claim that they were still a micro brewery yeah. and a craft brewery, nah. but when you eclipse a million barrels, you're not considered. Look, I'm, I'm, you know, me- Mexican American. We do micheladas here yeah. in the summer. I'm with it. Um, do you like most, them really spicy? No, not too spicy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cocktail guy. Like, okay, I, I love me some mezcal. Dude, hook it up. Oh, I mean, I've got the could... good stuff in there. Well, let's Stetcher, go. Stetcher gave me a little bottle. Like, yeah. He's like, save this for the good night. You okay. Know? I was like, okay. Okay. So. Well, I'm I'm in. I know I know. you never sent me a bottle of that Mezcal that you launched. <laughs> I don't know if you even work with them anymore. El Silencio. But, yeah. Are uh, you... We kind of do. We okay. kind of do. They, they sold to a bigger company and stuff. Did but you hear about, dude, Ryan Reynolds sold Aviation Gin for a billion. Was it a bill? I don't know. I saw a bill. It's crazy. Crazy. Dude, the, God the, bless them. The, the the alcohol game, the high octane game, is where yeah. it's at. I but mean, for every one of those, there's you know 900 that didn't didn't right. make it right. We we launched, uh, we did the marketing and launched another tequila brand that never really took off, and then we did the mezcal, and that one did. So it's it's hit and miss, man. Yeah. And it's comes down to distribution. It, it uh, comes down to relationships because without the relationships, you can't get the distribution, which means you can't get the sales. Boom, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I only have again. <laughs> so those are like my kids and my nephew or my nephews. Um, relationships are key and essential into this business. But yep. the, the, do you believe in like the? I mean, I know. I know you agree. Without this is rhetorical. Obviously, the perpetuation of of what you've learned and people moving forward. Um, I just. I, this is selfish for me to have a podcast, but at the same time, I know that it was like, ah, makes complete sense yep. that I have a podcast. And at the end of the day, I just want people to have knowledge of our relationship. And I know it could get deeper if we have more alcohol for sure. And we stay up later, but oh, yeah. I know, I know that, uh, you know, you said an hour, we're at an hour and 14 minutes. I don't want to overstay my welcome. All right. We'll do 15 minutes. Okay. All right. Do 15 minutes. I like how you're, like, really limiting this. Do I have to pay you for this? I didn't know. Like, you bought dinner. Now, like, am I going to get a bill and an invoice for this shit or what? You got to teach me how to golf so I can shut, oh. shut up Marco. Mm. I, I, it's easy. The he's only not reason a, why he's I don't not do a good golfer. He's better, he's better than me right now. He's so. not a good golfer. Yeah. But you're worse than him? Well, I don't I don't golf. So, yeah, technically, yeah, I am worse. All right. Theoretically. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, if you, if, you know, you miss 100% of the shots, you don't my, take my Michael My son Scott. and daughter golf. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I dude. always looked at it. I was like, nah, dude, it's the best. <laughs> I haven't talked about golfing in my podcast at all. Really. I mean, I obviously anybody that's listening to this knows who I am and knows that I have an affinity for golf. I grew up golfing with my grandpa, there and, you, go. and, you know, so my, my son is golfing with his grandpa yep. and that's to me, that's their thing. 
Yeah. Like my, my father-in-law is an avid golfer. Like that's mm-hmm. what he's going to do when he retires in a year. He's going to, he's going to teach. And they have been doing it since he was, you know, three years old. He's known at, at the uh, driving range up there like, Hey, Benicia. Cause he's, you know, been, been that little kid Sick. growing up. And so I, I've always kind of like stepped back cause I, I don't want to, you know, Indeed. be the third wheel. I don't want, that's, yeah. that's their thing. Let them do it. You know, but now I'm like, you know, I see you guys all out there on the course, you know, drinking beers. Or, oh, market. Was, oh like, now you're jelly. I was like, oh, man, maybe I should get out there. And then, then I'm like, nah. Kirkham told me he bought a set of golf clubs. Did he? Yep. Oh, man. Oh, well, we, should, we should start a little little crew. Just the hack. Could it be like a car club? Like, what would be a name that's like rollers only with a Z? Like, it would. You know, uh, golfers with a Z? No, it would be hackers. Hackers. There you go. <laughs> Just I like hackers. That. I like it's not that. bad. That's good. Right? That's like, good. Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, like, yeah. uh, like a two by four, but it's a golf club and you're putting the thumb out. I connected Kirkham to uh, Cartoon a few yeah. years ago. That's right. And uh, they became buddies and started getting tattooed. I mean, this. this you know, the relationships, the small world, it doesn't doesn't matter where you're from, what your experience is. Just be a good person, respectful, you know, work hard, play hard, but be be in the mix, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, even, uh, again, Barney Waters, we met him on, on Gumball. Yep. Jonathan Sieber, Ricaro, mm-hmm. I, I introduced you so to him. So he's Porsche now. He's at yeah. Porsche. So yeah. Sieber, who was at Ricaro when I was working at McGuire's, mm-hmm. I introduced you to him. Gumball 3000 came through my relationship, bringing that yep. to you. That was via Rodney Wills. Rodney's like, hey, you know. Was it people. through Rodney? I it didn't was know through that. Rodney. I didn't know Rodney, uh, it was um, blonde-haired dude. Oh, the name's going to kill me. Because I met Julie first. She came in to see C. But I yeah. I pointed them that yeah, direction. Okay. So so Rodney threw a dude, and I can't. It was Troy, Troy, Troy Hanson. Hanson. Oh, I still I still talk to Troy. Troy Hanson told Rodney about Gumball Three Thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Rodney was like, "I got a guy." Yeah. And because I was working with yeah. Bucky and Hawk yeah. and all these dudes, and I was working with the family, which is Steve Astafin. Yeah. So Rodney's like, "Hey, got this thing called Gumball." I was like, "Yep." Yeah. Totally know about it because yeah. I read an article about Vi- uh, in Vice yep. about the first one, and I was like, "Yep, got it, dialed, no problem." Yeah. Bucky Lassick, Tony Hawk, Travis Pastrana, Kerry Hart, um, brought all those dudes. I mean, this got him in the fold. It's crazy. I worked with Kerry last year. Yep, did a project with him last year. Saw Bucky two weeks ago. Yep, you know, here we are after twenty years. A lot of that was forged on that first gumball. When what year was it? Oh three or oh five? Oh three. Oh three. Either oh three or oh four. It was oh three. It was oh three for okay. sure. Oh three. Okay. I know it was. I know it was an odd year. Yeah. So it was oh three, and was. no one. No one had a clue. No yep. one had a clue of what to expect mm-hmm. or what was going to go down, and that's what made it great. You know, Sharks was on it. Yep. James, you know, and and. Um, because 05, 05 brought Fly and Dan Mermelstein in. Yeah, yeah. But 05 was when Dunn got involved. Yeah. 03 was when you, Bucky, and I drove the Jaguar C, uh, S-Type R. S-Type R. Yeah. And we did Chicken Neck to you. Yes. Bucky yes. and I, I was were driving. You were dead asleep. Yep. We're driving the middle of the night. And that's yep. that's when uh, Slow Your Roll Show Enough yep. happened. Yep. When we that's got pulled when Max over the, got pulled over and we all had to go to courthouse. We went to a courthouse in the yep. middle of the night in Texas. Yep. yep, yep. And that's when I got no tickets and you did. I got un ticket and I 
cried like a bitch. Yeah, I was so like, I was so like, I was done. like my wife's gonna kill me. Yep. I'm out. It's done. And that was the first <laughs> leg. And Bucky and I were like, no tickets, dude. You <laughs> sons of a bitch, I, dude. And and I got out of it. Remember, I I got a ticket for 165 miles per hour. Yeah. And it was a uh, false false. False falsification. And basically, there was another silver Jaguar yeah. S type, not an R, similar gumball livery, all that stuff. So, but homeboy and criminal. I wrote in letters, wrote everything, said, yeah, you know what? Right, I apologize. Right. It, there might be a case of false identity here. Yeah. Wrote it in, got out of my 165, 170 mile per hour. Sick. And I did. So, and, I, and I legitimately. The picture, some of the pictures I took, because I was doing it as a marketing thing right. for CEC. So I was like, I better like pretend to work. You know, yeah. and take some pictures. So some of the pictures ended up in Speedwell the Speedwell footwear. Yeah, <laughs> I was working on Speedwell. That's right. So uh -huh. the we had all the custom jackets yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we, had a we had a we looked <laughs> like a boy band. We had a we had the debut Billabong. of the car. We had a Billabong. Bucky was Billabong. Billabong yeah. sweatsuits yeah, yeah. with Speedwell, CEC, yeah. Gumball, yeah, something else. But we had the premiere of the vehicle at, at CEC showroom. At the showroom, yeah, yeah. I have those pictures, but the some of the pictures I took from us from our team. Ended up in the 20th anniversary uh, coffee table book. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm Sick. flipping through. I was like, that, that picture looks familiar. That picture. I was like, oh, look, I got photo credit. Sick. <laughs> this is sick. You know, it's like, I feel like a Stevan here. Like, this is dope. <laughs> no, I was I was shocked, but it was rad. <laughs> Shout out to Max Cooper for uh, showing some love. Maximilian, there. man. Like, Max is a legend. He's a legend. He yeah. is he is a top notch blagger. Love him. Yeah. Like, he is such, such, such a funny cat. Like, actually, it's funny. Um, before we had kids, we lived in San Diego. It, this, so this is figure 03, 04, something like that. No, 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 sorry. 06 or 07. 06, 07. And uh, he brought a housewarming gift, which was a Burberry ceramic dog bowl for our dog wow. at the time, Schumacher, who's now since passed. I remember Shumi. Shumi. Yeah. So uh, he, and we, still, and we still have that Burberry ceramic dog bowl. That's such a British gift. Such a British so, gift. So, so Brit. And, and and Max, I introduced him to Tony Hawk, who eventually yeah. Tony Hawk became um, his son. Uh, well, they had the foundation together. Yeah. And Cat yeah. is Cat. Uh, Tony Hawk is Cash's godfather. So, yeah. you're welcome, Tony. There you go. You're, or sorry, you're welcome, Max. You're welcome, Cash. You're, you know. Well, I was working. And just Puma it, was our client. Yep. Who Puma brought Eve out on the rally? That's right, and that's where they met. That's where they met, and then a couple years married. later, they come married. And I, you know, my invite to the wedding got lost in the mail or something. No, no, he actually did invite, but I was like, I can't. Yeah, I'm not, fly to Ibiza for no. for a wedding. I'm like, is I, it a I got it like that, brother? Is it Ibiza or Ibiza? Ibiza. It's kind of it's kind of like if you own Barcelona. one. Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, what the German manufacturer with a P. How is it pronounced with the with the P? It's a uh, it's the you know it's uh, uh it's it's Luftecolt they the manufacturer what what's the name of the starts with a P German sports car Porsche oh it's a Porsche Porsche okay. yes all right yeah, make sure you get that right yeah I know that's what I'm saying <laughs> so that's why I say Abitha or well yes, you know yes, again yes. Porsche is a two syllable word yeah. yes but from what I understand is it's Porsche. Por Porsche if you don't own one Porsche do if you do Porsche. Dude, the Porsche sucked. Ah. Yeah, um, no. I worked for a German for a long time, so yeah. now I don't get. Oh, you got right. auto corrected oh, yeah. all the time, yeah, and yeah, CEC yeah. and yeah. and class will still kick your ass in soccer. Um, where's a where's a destination you want to go? Ooh, that's a good one. Personal, Pers uh, personal family trip. Go. You know, um, I've explored Asia and Europe and and 
Central America North. Mm-hmm. I have not done South America. So that, but I'm talking about like, I would love to go to like Patagonia. I really want to go to Buenos Aires and to, uh, um, to Chile, different parts of Chile and stuff. Go all the way down. Okay. You know, I want to see what that, what that's like. You know, those tip. are some, yeah, some historic cities and strange places because of, you know, how people immigrated there from different parts of Europe and stuff. So, like Bolivia, like yeah. there's some there's some interesting countries down there. The Coca country. Yeah, just, just <laughs> weird, you know, yeah. weird landscapes. Like, you know, some of it looks like you're on the moon and yeah. stuff. Like, I, I, I want to go check that out. Like, I really wanted to go when the Dakar rally was there. Oh. Like, they were going through, like, Peru and Bolivia and going to Chile and Argentina. I was like, oh, I want to go. Isn't that why they stopped going there? Um, Yeah, there's, like, there's political unrest. There's, uh, there's, you know, leftist governments. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. But none of, you know, I still want to go. You know, I want to go check it out. So I went to, um, you know, off the record, don't. Homeland Security don't call, but our my wife and I's honeymoon was in Cuba. Yeah, you know we went to we, we went into Cuba. Way this is a long time ago when uh, you know most people weren't going to mm. Cuba still. <laughs> but we found our we found our you way. You can't you can go yeah. through El Salvador. Yeah, we went. We, we, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we From what I way. understand, a lot of Canadians go there. That's what they tell me. Yes, yes. Yep. If you call this little Canadian travel agency in Montreal, they mm-hmm. might be able to hook you up. And cash only. Cash only. Go you there. Learned, don't use your cards. We learned the hard way. <laughs> oh, word. Oh yeah, you don't know that's that's no. a story for another time. All right, not, not yeah. off the record. We almost got we almost got stranded in Havana. Yeah, really true, true story. Yeah, and you couldn't wire money from the U.S. That's a great rap song. Our honeymoon, our honeymoon. <laughs> Divorce immediately <laughs> when we got back. No, actually, it did the opposite. It made us stronger. We we're like, oh. hey, we, all we, if, we all all we got is each other. So you know, let's do this. And this pre kids, obviously. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This was after a, a wedding on the beach in Puerto Vallarta. Everyone's partying. We we're on a, this boat. This I, I, and then we get there and we're eating, you know, ham and cheese sandwiches because we got no money. <laughs> but that's how it happens. And, that, and that's, that's the that's no. That's the what I did. She was, you know, she ride or die. Yeah. for real. Beautiful like, singer. Your wife's amazing. She's uh, she's, she's tremendous. Incredible. She's yeah. incredible. And she. Um, and I think also South American stuff, those are the places that she also wants to go. Yeah. So we can we can do that together. We can explore together. Because there's certain places, like, I was like, I want to go to Vietnam. She's like, peace. Like, go. Really? Go do your thing. Yeah. Like, she's, it's not that she doesn't want to go. She's, it's not, like, high on her list. You know right. what I mean? But if I'm like, hey, I'm going to Machu Picchu tomorrow without you, she'd be like, yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going. So, um, so we have our, the different things that we want to do. But I, you know, at this point, I want to do it with her. Right? Yeah. So... Latin America, I, I really want to go to New Zealand. I mean, I've seen the stories that you've told. Oh, I've seen the pictures. The place looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. The people are amazing. I've yep. met a lot of, I have some friends that are from there. And they're just, they're, you know, I've been to Australia. I've been to actually Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've never been to New Zealand, right? So that's, that's pretty high up the list. And then my son and I this year, he turned 10 years old. And ever since he was five, we made a deal that when he turned 10, we would go to Japan together. Um, number one, I love Japan. Yep. And uh, everything about it, the culture, the people, the food, the, the history. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, I explain it to people who haven't been there. I say it's like going to Disneyland for the first time, where you're just in awe at everything, looking around. It's so different. It's, it's foreign. It's from, foreign. From, it's, from it's a amazing. cultural standpoint. Now, yeah. from the view of a 10-year-old, you're like, man, this is where Holy po- Pokemon crap. is from, and right. Nintendo, and Godzilla, <laughs> yeah. and you know all this cool stuff, anime. So for him, it's like a, a different view. 
and we were we were getting ready to go, and I wanted to go during Olympics so he could see karate because he does karate, and boom, smash, yep, smashbrothers.com, yep, COVID, yep, did did it did us in. So maybe maybe next year. Like he's cool about it. He knows yeah. Japan will still be there, and you know we'll we'll be going. But that was one of the trips. But my whole point is saying, you ask me to go to Japan for any reason, I'll be yes, yeah, yeah let's go, yeah, let's go. And I did gumball in Japan. That's I right. left out the European part. I was like, no, I'm cool on that. I just, <laughs> I just want to do Japan. Right. I just want to rally think you, across I think Japan. You t- I think we, I think we, you know, whenever Gumball comes back up, we always message each other or like tag each other. Like, yeah, we in Yumi and Bucky. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, let's go. Because that was like a really good and it was the best. It, it, it was you, the best. You're, you're chasing the dragon. Yeah, you're chasing the dragon. Anybody that has not done Gumball, it's it's we had not no clue. It, it's not everything you think it is. It's the exact opposite yeah. that you think it is. You're like, ah, dude, balling out of control and party. Nah. No, it is a marathon. It's a test of resilience, is what it is. Yeah, and personalities. Because Bucky tried you to might, chase that dragon and he got burnt, bro. Yeah, yeah. You might want to kill each other at the end of this thing. Oh, know? yeah. Like, so I did. I did Japan with my buddy Enrique Cisneros, who yep. owns Momo, mm-hmm. and I was kind. Of, he's a, he's also a client, and you know, but also a friend. So I'm kind of like, oh, this is so we're we're going and we get. And along he's got it like that. He's got. Yeah, he's, he's got it like that. But he's super yeah, chill. He's right. super chill. He's yeah. fun to hang out with. You know, he likes a good time. Yeah. So we're like, I'm like, come on, let's do this, and we're we're going. And you know, we've traveled because he was racing and I was handling the PR for that, and we've had good time. So we go, we go to Japan. We're kind of all hungover. I mean, uh, jet lag. Sorry. Yeah. Both actually. Yeah. Because we're jet lag, and then we run into a friend at the bar, and he's got the Japanese whiskey, and we're like, Let's "Yeah, go. pour some." A biki. It was Hammond Meredith. Okay. Right? So yes, he oh, had, he Meredith. got like yeah. the good bottles. So we're yep. like, so here we are, hungover and tired, and we go up to the to the uh, hotel room that we're sharing because it's gumball, yep. and there's one bed. Sick. And I go, Nuts we're, we're like exhausted. And I was like, "Do we need to?" Should we go back down? And I call, you know, I call, and they're like, "Do we got no rooms?" This no rollouts. No, it's, Jap- it's Japan. Little, yeah, small tiny. rooms, small rooms. So that's how we started. You know, gumball is share, sharing a bed, dude. <laughs> Hungover, jet lag. You know, my buddy. Nuts my to butts, dude. You yep. guys are just riding on nope, that bed. No, nope. I said, "There's, there's a line right here. You cross it, I'm gonna knock you out." There's a laser. <laughs> there's there's a laser. invisible. You're I like, think I put like one of the pillows in the middle. You know, those aren't like, pillows. No, no. <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. But we were so exhausted, so like jet lagged out of our mind. And the next day we're we're leaving on the rally that we're like, fuck it, like we're going to sleep. Started started from the bottom. Now we're here. And then like three nights later, and this is his first. This is his first gumball. Yeah. yeah, but he's he's done a lot of adventures. He'd be great for you because he's got he's just he's uh, the most interesting man in racing. I like to call because he just loves adventure. Flies his plane, has flown helicopters, has raced. Has the one he lands on the water and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he flies that. I mean, that thing is it's like a jet ski. Sketchy. It's a jet ski with wings. With wings. Yeah, it's it's super sketchy, and he loves it. And I'm like, you know, just insurance policy. Just waiting for that yeah. phone call, man. Yeah. Come on, man. So I saw it, and I was like, yo. And then another night, we're in a, we're either in Kyoto or another city, mm. like more of a traditional city. Yeah. And um, the hotel room is a traditional hotel, so it's just a mat on the floor. Oh, wow. And again, we're exhausted, and we have to get dressed up. You know, we get dressed up in the robe, and I'm like, how do I do this thing? We're late for the charity dinner and everything. So they send a lady up, and and she's dressing me, yeah. right? And she's tying the thing, and he's filming me laughing. He's just <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> he can't even hold the camera straight because he's laughing so hard. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, turn that off, you know? And she's, like, tying it here and tying it. I'm like... If I've got to go to the bathroom, I'm, 
I'm, I'm gonna call on you. I'm yeah, because oh, really? I'm like I don't I don't know how to take this off, let alone put it on. And so we we go to the and they're like you have to dress up this and that. So him and I we show up, we go to dinner, and there's a Stevon, and he's wearing his like Joker T-shirt and jeans. <laughs> I'm like, you have son of a bitch. <laughs> you didn't have to you wear know? it. So I have a picture of, like, Max, me, Enrique, and Esteban, and he's wearing his His, his, <laughs> his standard street clothes. Yeah, his standard street clothes. And oh. I was like, son of a bitch. But we did, you know, that, that's gumball, though. You yep. did the experience. You know, we went through it all. We we ate the traditional food. They had the traditional dance in there, and, and, and it was awesome. But um, we, we had some crazy moments in a short span of time in Japan, man. It was pretty. Did you go to the Turkish one? Were you at the no. Tur- oh. No. That's that's another place I want to. Uh, Istanbul yeah. is very high on the list. Yeah, you know, I'd I remember Rune and I. That was '05 when I did it with Max in the Subaru. That, did you do no, the Subaru? no, no, no. I did it in with Max in the Ferrari 550 oh. Marinello. Yeah, the Duke's Hazard because Knoxville backed out. Yeah, so everybody thought I was Knoxville's fat cousin. Yeah, and I drove. <laughs> I drove around. You were a little bit hef- heavier back then. I, I've always. Bit. I'm. Let's be honest. I'm still heavy. No, but a little I, bit more. I, back I, then. I had the, the Fohawk. Yeah. You know, but I, I mean, that was probably one of my favorites. Yeah, and that car I, was sick. That car was sick. The, you know, generally, uh, uh, Rune Glifberg and I drove yeah. around the Istanbul F1 track. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in that car. That's amazing. Yeah. And then we went to a Turkish bathhouse. Yeah. And we jumped yeah. off of the second story into the pool at the there Turkish bathhouse. That's gumball. That's gumball, baby. And I think, you know, you, when you're talking about it, you're like, yeah, it's those, those are the adventures. Those are the things that, you know let you really live life highlight reel yeah it's the highlight reel but it's also again gets you out of your comfort zone and then you're meeting people and you develop these relationships that are relationships for life yeah like i knew bucky you know through you back back in the day but after gumball like we're homies bro yeah we're homies. it's not a, it doesn't involve me it's yeah. it's it's, yeah, it's exactly. in the ether it's it's and it, we're not even doing business together you know like no. even even all of, all of the years that you know, you've tapped me to do things, and I've I've lobbed lobbed some meatballs your way. Yep. Um, it's not about the monetary value. Again, I'm not, uh, and I, I always say that, and people would prove me wrong, uh, especially my wife, that I'm not motivated by money and motivated by experience. But if I can monetize my passion and have nice things, I'm cool. That's that's, that's exactly what I feel. ID is. Yeah. And it's not just for me; it's for everyone that works, you know, for ID and with ID. Right. Is we're we're following and living out our passion and at the same time getting paid for it. You know, you might not, you know, be rich and balling out of control, but you're having fun and you're doing cool things and you're having great experiences, you know, and, and being able to travel and, and work with amazing brands. I mean, through the years we've worked in every form of racing there is. So we've worked in MotoGP with Valentino Rossi and Nikki Hayden, rest mm-hmm. in peace. We've worked in formula one drift off road, you know, Baja, I mean, you, you Nate NASCAR, yep. Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yep. It's a long list. Um, we're working in drag racing right now. And if you love racing, that's that's like a dream job, yeah. you know? And then on the flip side, on the lifestyle and the cultural side, working working with people like James and Eddie at Undefeated, you know, working with the guys, uh, with the team at Nike or the team at Puma, um, working with Cartoon Estevan, working, we did a lot with Snoop. We did a lot with Travis Barker for many years. We rep- represented his brands, you know, DTA Rebel Eight. Mm-hmm. We worked on that with you. Yeah, Rebel Eight. You know, yeah. Rebel Eight was at that time. I mean, we got him to move to LA. Right. They're, they're like that's never going to happen. They're right. a Bay Area like stronghold. That's yep. you know, and um, so when you look back at it, you're like, wow, that was some 
some crazy stuff. Right? It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh. And you got paid to do it, by the way. Right. And and that's and that's monetizing your passion and and sustainability and all of these things and and anybody listening to this is uh, you know, deep into it and and there's and there's more stories to tell, but you know, those are those are for another time, man. And yeah. that's And that's, I think I, I've taken up enough of your time. Yeah, I think you know, I think the kids have school tomorrow, right? It's it's like, what? is it Thursday? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, they bear, they wake up like a minute before. Dude, um, my kids are doing their. Let's be honest. My kids are doing their, their class in their pajamas. Still. Oh, a thousand like, percent. And the teacher's like, uh, could you make sure the kids aren't like eating breakfast while they're doing school? <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, damn. Yep. So, yeah, it's a, it's a new day. But um, lots of stories to tell. I mean, we share a lot of it on social media. Yep. You know, uh, we do a bad job of it on, on the website and stuff. But I think social is probably the best way. Yeah, what's way the to, social? ID, the idagency.com. Yep. So, just follow us on Instagram. That's the only one we update. And it, it, it highlights a lot of, again, brands you work with, projects yep. you're working on. Like People you said, with. Xbox, Microsoft, uh, all Pagani, Brembo, Day One. Yep. Many different brands. Luftacoat. Luftacoat, Formula yeah. Drift. I mean, Porsche. I mean, you, you yep. name it right now. Yeah. You know? Thanks for your time, man. This has been great. Appreciate it's been it. fun. Love you, brother. Love Cheers. you too, man. Thanks, man. Let's That's go on to the next wrap. adventure. Yeah, let's go on to the next adventure. Gumball 3000 2021. We're coming for you, Max. Thank you so much for listening because everybody enjoys Roadrunner, another Roadrunner, very worthy of this title of being called a Roadrunner. My name's Jared Deanna. Again, be sure to like and subscribe and five stars and, you know, yeah, do it all. Thank you so much. Peace. Send it. <laughs>